chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26. We have been studying different apostles. Tonight we have communion set up as well. It seems only right to have communion, Lord's Supper, right after Thanksgiving. It seems like a good time uh, to do such a thing and to give thanks to God and, and in memory of him as well. And This might seem really odd for me to teach on this particular apostle tonight, but I'll explain when we're done why it's not so but Matthew chapter 26 I'm going to read some verses and then also uh, Matthew excuse me then I'm going to go to John chapter 13 but Matthew chapter 26 we'll start there and then we'll start we'll go on from there but Matthew 26 and verse 14 then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and said unto them what will you give me and I will deliver him unto you and they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver, and from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Now the feast, first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand, I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. So they're eating the Passover. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, and answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And skip down to verse 47. Verse 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves, with the chief priests and elders of the people. They were now out in the garden of Gethsemane. And now he that betrayed him gave him them a sign, saying, Whomsoever that I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Now let's go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13 and read some of this chapter. John 13 verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, and that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, knowing <clears throat> Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God, and went to God, he riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. And Peter, remember we talked about this last week when we were talking about Peter. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed need not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said, Ye are not all clean. So Judas is still there, 
and not only was Jesus washing Peter's feet who was going to curse him and betray him in a few hours with his mouth but he also washed Judas's feet so verse 12 so after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again he said unto them know ye not what I have done <clears throat> excuse me know you what I have done unto you and ye shall call ye call me master and lord and ye say well for so I am if I then your lord and master have washed your feet ye ought also to wash one another's feet for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you verily verily I say unto you the servant is not greater than his lord neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him if you know these things happy are ye if you do them I speak not of you all I know whom I have chosen but that the scripture may be fulfilled he that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me now I tell you before it come that when it is come to pass ye may believe that I am he verily verily I say unto you he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me keep going when Jesus had thus said he was troubled in spirit and testified and said verily verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me then the disciples looked one on another in doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. That would have been John. Simon Peter, John was writing this. <clears throat> Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, beckoned to John, elbowed him, hey, that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. Who is it? Ask him, ask him who it is. Verse 25, he then, lying on Jesus' breast, said unto him, Lord, is who is it? Let me stop here for a minute. They did not have chairs and tables like you and I do. That's not how they ate. They reclined, and I'm not even sure why they did this, but they reclined, and if you were a right-hander, you probably would would recline on your left side, and uh, and then you would have someone next to you, and you would kind of, like a spoke, you know, with your feet kind of flared out, and the small, not very large off-the-ground table would have been at your heads. All of you, your heads would have been more together. And that is how they were positioned here. And that's why it says that John was lying on Jesus' breast because John would have been next to him and it would have been easy to just kind of lean over on him. Who is it, Lord? Verse 25, Lord, who is it? Verse 26, Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop. What is that? Uh, a piece of bread dipped in some kind of liquid. Who is... It is who he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto them, except for maybe John, and if John told Peter. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, he was the treasurer, that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Therefore, when he was, when Judas was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Then one more place, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter 1. <clears throat> and verse number 15. This is after Jesus had risen from the grave and walked on the earth for about 40 days and then ascended up into heaven and they watched him go back into heaven and then they all gathered back together in, in the upper room and began to pray and to talk and I believe it could have been the very same room that they had the Passover in just, just a few weeks earlier. 
and chapter 1 of Acts, verse 15, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of the names together were about 120. <clears throat> and men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled. And so then Peter quotes from the Old Testament Psalms, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of his iniquity. Actually, he threw the money down and they used the money to buy this field, the potter's field. And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue, a keldama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and let his bishopric, his bishopric let another take. Wherefore of these men, which have companied with us all the time, that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Bersabbas, whose surname Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles as a replacement for Judas. All right. So tonight we're looking at Judas Iscariot. We're looking at him, and you might think, wow, communion night, and we're going to talk about Judas. Well, there is a little connection here, and I'll explain it at the end. First of all, his name. His name comes from the Hebrew Judah, which means praise. And there's more than one Judas in the New Testament. There's actually five other men. Judas, the Lord's stepbrother. In Matthew 13, verse 55, the Bible tells us that one of Jesus' stepbrothers was named Judas. Then also another one, Judas, not Iscariot, John 14, 22. That's how he's called. He was one of the other 12. He, there was two Judases in the group. And this Judas, not and, and can you imagine? I'm Judas, not Iscariot. I mean, can you imagine? that? His other name was Lebius Thaddeus. And he probably said, call me Lebius Thaddeus. I'd rather be called Lebius Thaddeus than Judas, not Iscariot. Uh, but he's also the brother of James, the Bible says. And Acts one thirteen, he was the brother of James. And it says right there in Acts one thirteen, Judas, the brother of James, we know the other Judas, was dead now. And it is likely that he is the author of Jude. In Jude one one, Jude, the brother of James. So that's this Judas, not Iscariot. Then there was a Judas of Galilee. He was an insurrectionist, Acts 5.37. There's a Judas of Damascus. He was part of the church in Damascus, Acts chapter 9. He helped Saul when Saul first got saved. And uh, Judas Barsabbas in Acts 15. He was a leader, a preacher, a prophet associated with the church at Jerusalem. All right, but obviously the most infamous name is Judas Iscariot. Now his background. You'll see several times in John 6, John 12, John 13, where we read tonight, he was known as the son of Simon, a man named Simon. His dad's name was Simon. Don't know much else other than he was Simon's, you know, he was Simon's son. Iscariot is thought to be man of Kirioth. Ish means man, and Iscariot is the idea of Kirioth. If that's true, if that's what that means, Judas Iscariot, then it means that he came from a Judean village called Kirioth, and jo Joshua 15.25 mentions the, the city of Kirioth located in south 
of Jerusalem, located south of Jerusalem. What's interesting about that is, and most people agree, that Judas was the only of the 12 that was not from Galilee. He was probably more Jewish than the Galileans. There's question uh, in the end of John 6, I think it is, 70 and 71, about how that no prophet comes out of Galilee because Galilee's getting kind of close to the northern tribe and the, and the Gentile. There, there was some question about how authentic the Galileans were compared to those closer to Jerusalem. So it's interesting that we point that out, I guess, but he was the only apostle that was not Galilean from that area. He was certainly a, more of a stranger than the rest of them. Now, what was his privilege? He was numbered with the 12, as we read. And although it, it's silent, you get from what I read tonight, because Peter said, beginning from the baptism of John the Baptist, we must choose one to replace Judas. So what does that tell you about Judas? He probably was baptized by John the Baptist. But, as I have been guilty of, people get baptized without being saved. And I think Judas played the part of a believer and John the Baptist baptized him. But Jesus chose him not unwittingly. Jesus chose him totally understanding what was going on. Look with me in two places, Luke chapter 6 and John chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and then John chapter 6. Luke six thirteen. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles. And verse 16, he also chose Judas Iscariot, which was also the traitor. And John 6 and verse 70 and 71, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Jesus knew about Judas. Many times over, Judas heard Christ teach and preach. He saw the miracles. He experienced firsthand his love and compassion for him and for other people. I mean, Jesus washed Judas's feet the night before he was crucified, the night he was betrayed by Judas. He, I can, can you imagine sitting there? Satan has put in your heart to betray him and he's washing your feet. Judas has lots of opportunities to repent and to be saved. He's sitting close enough to Jesus that Jesus could hand him the sop. And even to the point of his betrayal, did you notice what Jesus called him when he came to kiss him? He said, friend. He was still friendly to him. He was still kind to him, even though he knew what was in his heart. You remember we studied a while ago, several months ago, we studied about Ahithophel and how that Ahithophel betrayed David and tried to follow Solomon. And when he was caught and when it was over and he lost, Ahithophel went and hung himself. They say that Ahithophel is the Judas of the Old Testament say that Judas is the Ahithophel of the New Testament. Very similar. He hung himself as well. Now think about this. Judas was part of the ministry. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1, the 12 were given power. And he went out in Matthew chapter 10 with the other, 12, with the other 11 and preached. 
and he was active in ministry. You say, oh, that can't be. Listen, I, I think there's a lot of pretenders. That's my third P, pretenders, pretense. Matthew 7 says, many will say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done wonderful works in thy name and cast out devils? Depart from me, I never knew you. Obviously, Jesus did know him at one time, but now he does not know him. What did Jesus say in John 17? We'll get there in a minute. He said, all that you've kept me, I have, all that you've given me, I've kept except that one who is lost. Jesus called Judas lost. <coughs> he was a pretender so good that he was the treasurer. Always watch out for those treasures. He was the first treasurer of the first church. He, he, he obviously was thought to have been trustworthy and honest, but he wasn't. In fact, when Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, they all, is it I? They, nobody said, it's got to be Judas. Nobody said that. In fact, I get the impression that when, when Jesus handed the sop to Judas, that John and Peter are going, Did we, maybe we missed something there. They still didn't quite get it. Even though Jesus had given them a clue, nobody really thought it was Judas. But here's the thing. Judas wasn't saved. In John chapter 12, in verse number one, it says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of his, the ointment. And then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? A lot of people believe that that a penny a day was, was day wages back then. And so 300 pence would have been almost a year's wage that this ointment was worth, according to Jews. This could have been sold and given to the poor, Judas said. Everyone heard him say it. Oh, wow, what a, what a heart for people Judas has. But notice verse 6. This, he said, not that he cared for the poor. No, John didn't even know this at the time. This, this has been written afterwards. This, he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Judas was a good fake. He was a good pretender. And here's what I want to say. It's not hard after a while to figure out how to fake it. That scares me. It scares me because, you know, especially my own kids growing up in a pastor's home, it, it's, not, it's not hard to figure out how to do and how to don't and how to how to be this and how to be that, how to look right, how to talk right, and, and just be fake. He was a thief. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. and Many have pierced themselves through with many sorrows because they chase after the love of money. In John chapter 13, we already read it, just one chapter over. Jesus, what did he say in verse 10? Ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said, he, ye are not all clean. What was Jesus saying to Peter? He was saying, you've already been cleansed, but I need to clean your feet, even though you've been inwardly cleansed. Remember we said that last week. And Jesus said, you are, all of you are clean except for one of you. 
what's he saying? All of you have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb except for one. That's what he's saying. He's not saying, I washed all your feet except for Judas tonight. That's not what he's saying. He's saying all of you are inwardly clean except for one. Sometimes you'll hear people say, well, I, th I think Judas was saved. I think there's too much evidence to the contrary. Not because of what he did as much as because of what he wasn't. He was everything but truly born again. He was called the devil. It says in John 13, verse 2, Satan put it into the heart of Judas to betray Christ. And then in verse 27 of John 13, he entered into Judas. And he's also called the son of perdition in John chapter 17. Speaking of John chapter 17, let's look at it real quick. John 17. Jesus said in verse 12 when he was praying this is this is really the Lord's prayer here John 17 and verse 12 well while I was with them in the world Jesus is talking to the father I kept them in thy name those that thou gavest me I have kept and none of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled he purposely chose someone who was lost you say, well, pastor, does that mean that he he, he kind of made Judas be the one? No, I think he gave Judas lots of opportunity to have a change of heart. And I just believe, I don't know how, but I just believe that had Judas gotten saved, that Jesus would have found another Judas. You know? I don't want to get on into that too much. but Now, if you're going to keep P's in, in these points, you could call this the perf perfidy. And what that word means is the willful betrayal of fidelity, confidence, or trust. Judas Iscariot is forever known as the betrayer of our Lord. The traitor, as it says. The traitor. So, we read it tonight in Matthew 26. What did Judas say? Matthew 26, 14 to 16. He goes, what will you give me? What will you give me? And the price was 30 pieces of silver. I don't know exactly how much 30 pieces of silver is worth, but it isn't nearly as much as 300 pence that she, that she spent that ointment. Remember how indignant he was about what she did? But he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Back in Matthew 26 and verse 47 where we read earlier, some believe, and this is possibly true, that, that Judas never never intended for Jesus to get crucified, but rather what he was trying to do was to force Jesus to have to use his power. That's what some people think. In other words, Judas knew that Jesus had power. And, he, and his desire was, some people think, that the kingdom would be ripped out of the hands of the Romans and that Jesus could destroy the Romans and, and make uh, the Jews uh, in charge again and, and, and maybe he would even want Jesus to be king but it was all fleshly see not spiritual and by the way totally against the will of God truly satanic because it would have kept Jesus off the cross In Matthew 26, verse 47, 
And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude of swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? They came, then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. <coughs> but when you read other passages, you'll see, you'll see more of the story. For instance, we're not going to turn there necessarily and read all of it, but John 18 gives us a little more detail. In John 18, it says that Judas knew the place where he would be because he often went to this place in the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. But what's interesting is that Jesus says in John 18, verse 4, Whom seek ye? Verse 5, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. And as soon then as he had said I, unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. <clears throat> and then they slowly got up, and he asked them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake of them which thou gavest me I have lost none except for Judas then Simon Peter having a sword drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear the servant's name was Malchus then said Jesus unto Peter put up thy sword into the sheath the cup which my father hath given me shall I not drink it I am determined he just got done praying I am now determined that God's will now, not my will, but thine be done. I'm determined to let them take me and go to the cross. Let me just tell you, I, I, you heard me say this before, but if I'd have been there, if I'd have been Judas, and he said, who do you want? And they said, Jesus. And he said, I am he. And everybody fell to the ground. I think I'd have just been like, I think this is a bad idea. kissed him that was not unusual that was a typical greeting of course it was very hypo hypocritical but I want to point something out here just real quick because we're, we've been brainwashed with Hollywood they didn't go to the garden and say oh there he is tall dark and handsome did they he didn't look better than everybody else he wasn't a little taller than everybody else and had beautiful blue eyes or whatever they had to be identified. Isaiah 53 tells us there was no special appearance about him. So the power of Christ is revealed when they all fell down. And the purpose of Christ is revealed when he said, put your sword away. I'm going to do this. Now let's talk about the penitence of Judas. He was remorseful, but he was not repentant spiritually. Why do I say that? Well, in Matthew 27, we can read some of this. Matthew chapter 27, verse 3 and 4. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. <clears throat> you can be sorry, did you know that, and still not be saved? He was repentant for what he had done, but he was not repentant to salvation. 
Just because someone is sorry for something they've done doesn't mean they've gotten saved. He was repentant that he had aided and abetted the chief priests and the elders. But he was not repentant toward God. He did not turn from what he was, a son of perdition, and trust Christ as his Savior. Well, how do I know that? Because you don't get saved and commit suicide right afterwards. The Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 7 and verse 9 and 10, Godly sorrow worketh repentance, but there is a worldly sorrow. Do not be a, a don't be fooled by tears, crocodile tears. There is, and if I can put in today's language, there is such a thing as Bill Clinton sorry. So let me give you some examples in the Bible of, of carnal sorrow. People truly were sorry, but that doesn't mean they were repentant. As is as in salvation, repentance, turn to God. For instance, Cain, Genesis 4. Cain was sorry. Cain was upset of, for his new life condition. Genesis chapter 4, 13 through 15. Amnon. The Bible says that Amnon was sorry, and when his friend said, What are you sorry? What's, why are you so sad? I'm in love with my sister. Well, he was sorry, but he was sick sorry. So just because someone's sorry, I remember years ago, my wife and I were sitting in the office there with a young lady, and I mean, she cried crocodile tears, and, and I was really hoping that meant something, but it, it didn't. She was lying to us while she was crying. Ahithophel, I mentioned, he hung himself. He was sorry that he had picked the wrong guy. Remember Ahab? Ahab was so sorry he went and pouted and put his, turned his head to the wall and stuck out his lip and said, Naboth won't show me the face. He was sorry, but that doesn't mean he was repentant about anything. Remember Jonah? Jonah, in chapter 4 of Jonah, he was upset because the gourd died. But that doesn't mean he was godly sorry. And Esau, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, that Esau sought with many tears for repentance, but didn't but didn't have it, didn't obtain it. And I think what you see here is someone who realizes, I have just delivered an innocent person who I thought I could force to do my agenda, and all I did was deliver him to be crucified. I heard him tell Peter, I'm going to drink this cup. And he knew it was over. He was so focused on the wrong kingdom so, back there in Acts chapter 1, we read this in, in, in verse 5 before I leave. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 5. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. In Acts chapter number 1 again, you say, how do you reconcile that with this? It says in Acts chapter 1 verse 18, Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. He threw the money down, and if you kept reading Matthew 27, they went and bought the field with the money fulfilling a prophecy and falling headlong he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out that's gross what does that mean I think it means that he he hung himself but as failures really are failures he couldn't even do that very well and so he hung himself but something broke either the rope broke or he broke and boom he landed hard on, on whatever rocky ledge he must have hung himself on and his whole body burst asunder pretty gross it's a tragic end for a tragic figure 
because as Jesus said in John 17 I have kept all of them except that one he's lost and death is always hopeless for a lost man Hebrews 9.27 is appointed is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment we're all going to die but what do you do where are you going to stand after that it says the place of Judas he went to his own place Acts 1.25 well I believe he's in hell and some people say but he's called the son of perdition and also the, the, the person called antichrist is called the son of perdition does that mean it's Judas reincarnated I don't think so because I believe that the son of perdition just means the son of a of a Christ rejecting Judaism Zionism see Judas was the son of perdition but he was never the son of God he was never born again and that's the point tonight you can be whitewashed but not blood washed and if you don't have the new birth you're not saved you can be on the church's role but if you're not on heaven's role you're what good is it to be on the church's role Judas is a perfect example of someone who follows the crowd and does all the religious things that everybody else is doing but never truly is saved and it's sad to see but there's a lot of kids that grow up knowing what to do and how to act and how to behave and they even know the books of the Bible but that doesn't mean they're reborn that doesn't mean they're born again Judas preached he was a professor but not a possessor the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13 5 examine yourselves whether you be in the faith and prove your own selves and know you not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates there were other people who were false professors or so close like <clears throat> Agrippa almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian baptism does not save we know that the Bible says the devils believe mentally but they're not saved the Bible talks about wheat and tares and how the tares look just like the wheat, but they're not wheat. If you're truly born again, there's going to be a new nature. There's going to be a new desire. See, Judas never could understand what the real kingdom was about. The others couldn't quite understand it either, but he went way farther than the others I even thought of going. A new love. You're going to be under new management. <clears throat> you're not the boss anymore and a new understanding and you know what <clears throat> the truth is we do what we do because we are what we are Proverbs 23 7 says as he thinketh in his heart so is he and poor <clears throat> Judas was a sad case sad individual I feel sorry for him I'm not glad that he's in hell I'm not telling you tonight that he's in hell or that he wasn't saved because I didn't like him. I didn't like what he did. I'm not telling you that at all. I just don't believe he, he's in heaven. I don't believe he was born again. So what I want to do now <clears throat> is I want to point something out to you before we stop. If you'll go to John chapter 13 and Matthew 26 like we were earlier tonight, I just want to show you these two things together. <clears throat> when they met together in the upper room what was the original or initial purpose of that to celebrate the Passover but then Jesus did something they weren't expecting after the Passover 
But again, if you'll read it with me, with your finger in Matthew 26, and looking at John 13, you'll see in John 13, in verse number 27, and after the sop, Satan entered into him, then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should have given give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Now, look over in Matthew chapter 26 with me. Matthew 26 and verse 21 And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and he began every one, then began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. You would only say that about someone who was going to hell. But listen to this. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. And so, if you combine that with what John told us, he went out immediately. Judas, immediately after receiving the sop and knowing it was him and knowing that Jesus knew it was him and Satan entered into him, John chapter 13 says, he went out immediately. And then, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. In other words, the Passover was observed by all twelve plus Jesus. But the Lord's Supper was Jesus and eleven. And that's how it's supposed to be, folks. We don't have communion on Sunday mornings, typically. Once in a great while, we might do a Sunday afternoon only for those who cannot come on Sunday night. We have a few people who just can't be here on Sunday night. But you know why we don't do it Sunday morning? Because of what I announced earlier tonight. We have folks visiting our church that aren't even saved yet. It's not my job to offer communion to everybody out there my job to offer communion to the church the believers who are born again who are obedient to God and have been baptized after their salvation what it is my job is to tell people who are not saved don't you dare participate in this tonight until you've been saved and I do believe that that's exactly how it took place and that Judas was there for the Passover he was a Jew like they were but he was not there for the Lord's Supper because he was not a believer as they were. He was not born again. With that, let me have you turn over to Second, excuse me, First Corinthians chapter eleven. First Corinthians chapter eleven, and we'll finish with this tonight. <clears throat> 
verse 23, 1 Corinthians 11, 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And so we do this periodically to, as a memorial to remind ourselves of what Christ had done for us. That's why Thanksgiving is just a kind of a natural time to do something like this, to give thanks for the ultimate sacrifice. And we do it to show the Lord's death. We do it to preach. There could be somebody sitting in the room right now that shouldn't participate tonight, but we're preaching by what we're doing. We're, we're, we're preaching the, the, the purity of the Lord Jesus Christ and what this is all about. That's why verse 27 says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily. Now, nobody is worthy. We're all sinners. But unworthily means we're not right with God right now. I mean, we're all human. But right now, you're either not saved, or you're saved, but you're backslidden, you're not right with the Lord. And it says, Whosoever eat this bread, drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. See, we need to examine ourselves. This is what this is all about. When my children were little and their mother would say to them, don't you grab that. When that goes by, you just let it go. <gasps> Why? Because you have to be saved and you have to be baptized to participate. Verse 29, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. We, we should take this time to judge ourselves and to examine ourselves, examine our hearts. So what does that mean? That means that if you need to talk to God about something, you need to talk to God right now about something. If there's something you need to take care of before the Lord, you need to get that taken care of. Because the Bible says this do in remembrance of me. It doesn't say, if you're not right with God, don't show up that night. It doesn't say, if you're not right with God, let it go by. That's not what it says. It says this do. In other words, you're supposed to do this. But what you're supposed to do before you do this is to examine yourself and be right with God. That's why we do this, as a reminder that this is this is important, and this is what we should be doing. And maybe there's someone here, you're like Judas, you're faking. You've been a fake. Look, I said it this morning, no one's going to be upset with someone who gets saved. We're going to be excited that you got saved. Oh, if Judas had gotten saved. Instead of the son of perdition, he'd be the son of God. Adopted into God's family like the rest of us. Maybe you're saved, but you walked in here not right with the Lord. Well, talk to him and get things right with the Lord. Maybe you need to talk to someone else. If they're here, talk to them. And get things right with one another. What I'm going to do at this time is I'm going to ask 
that my wife come and play something on the piano and while she's playing I would like to have all of us stand and if you need to kneel at the altar and kneel up front and just talk to God or maybe you need to talk to someone else about something that the Lord spoke to your heart about or maybe you're not saved and you want to be saved tonight grab a hold of me grab a hold of someone and say I need to talk about being saved I don't, I don't think I'm on my way to heaven let's stand with our heads bowed and if you need to speak to God about something tonight this is the time to do so.